Good morning, everyone. Uh, whoa, got some reverb here. Uh, my name is Aaron Bird. If you are a first-time guest with us, uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different uh, this morning. Uh, last Sunday, we had announced that uh, Aslan McCarthy, our missionary to Togo, was going to be here with us this morning. We were uh, super excited for it. Uh, the kids, because it's the fifth Sunday, normally Kids Creek is in here for the entire time, and the kids last week had prepared a bunch of questions that they were going to ask her. So she was going to do about a 10, 15-minute presentation, and then she was just going to take questions from us, and we were going to get to learn even more about her, and we're going to let the kids get to be a part of that. So I was super excited for the day. I mean, Aslan is just a remarkable woman. I knew you'd be just really impressed with her and, and be encouraged by her, and I just know the kind of church family you guys are and the encouragement you would be uh, to, to her as well. So last Monday, I'm at the chiropractor's office, and I am um, sitting in the waiting room. Uh, Zion, my son, is, is in there, and I do what every American does. I pulled out my phone. Well, as I'm looking at my phone, uh, I realized, oh, I'm not on Twitter right now. I've, I'm taking a break from Twitter. And so I, I, I was like, well, what should I do? And I didn't want to play a game. And so I was like, I'll just look at email. Now, it's my day off. I normally don't look at email on my day off. But I was like, you know what? I'll just like delete some stuff out and we'll, we'll you know, see what's awaiting us on, on Tuesday. As I'm flipping through it, I see this email from Aslan. And the preview text says, Aaron, I'm so sorry but I have to cancel for Sunday. It, immediately, I knew this means something bad has happened. So I opened the email, and it says, Aaron, my father has unexpectedly passed away. I don't know Aslan all that well. I, I met Aslan several years ago. Uh, I was really impressed with her, enough that I held on to her materials so that when we finally started adding missions into our budget, hers was one of the, the missionaries that we brought to our team. Our team was so impressed with her, just with her heart, her, her, her presence, and, and her ministry, what she's seeking to do. And so when we heard this news, our missions decisions team, we were grieved. We may not know this woman super, super well, but we've had an instant connection with her. And, and so we just immediately felt like we're going to have to pray for her on Sunday, because even though she's not like part of the Riverwood family, she's part of the Riverwood family. She's ours. She belongs with us. She matters to us. And so we want to pray for her this morning. Well, when I shared the news with uh, Jake, um, my first thought was, you know, well, we're probably just going to have to take what we're planning for next Sunday and, and bring it to this Sunday. We'll just jump back into the book of Acts. But Jake's response was, no, let's do a restoration service. If you're new to Riverwood, if you're a first-time guest or just been here for only a few weeks, we've done, I think, two or three of these uh, restoration services. It's where we just spend the morning seeking for God to restore us. That in the middle of our stress, in the middle of our busyness, we just let the scripture guide us in prayer and in song through communion. And we don't have a, a sermon. We don't spend a bunch of time on announcements. That instead, we just kind of sit in God's presence and dwell with him. But the last time we did one of these, the kids were with us. And I was talking to someone about it. And they're like, yeah, it went fine. We got through it. And my thought was the goal of a restoration service isn't to get through it. The goal is to help you connect with God and be restored. And so I thought, you know, we just, we probably shouldn't do this. And so I, I called Bridget and just said, hey, Jake's got this idea for Sunday with Aslan canceling. Uh, think about doing a restoration service, but I, I just don't know that it's going to be what's going to help our kids really connect. And if our kids aren't connecting, that means moms and dads and other adults probably aren't going to connect quite as well. And Bridget's like, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. So I'm thinking, okay, we'll cancel it. And then Bridget surprises me, and she says, you know what, though? I think our parents need it. 
So why don't we do Kids Creek? And so she found some volunteers who said, you know what? Yep, I'll give up my time in the worship gathering and help lead our kids. So kids, you're going to have Kids Creek this morning. You're going to take off here uh, after a couple of songs, uh, if you've gotten checked in, and you're going to go back and have your lesson. So you're going to get to pray for Aslan with us, and then you're going to get to sing with us before you go and have your lesson. Uh, also, we're not going to spend time going through the announcements. Uh, you were given the handout when you came in. If you're joining us online, you can access that online at bit.ly slash notesrw. Just navigate there. You guys can take your time later today or this morning to, to look at that. If you are a first-time guest, I just want you to know that there are some specific announcements for you on the very back. Uh, there's one particularly about your connection card, and if you're willing to, to do that, we would be honored to donate $5 to Compassion on your behalf. We've chosen to use Psalm 24, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 23 this morning to guide our time. Uh, when you were first coming in or uh, already seated, you saw that video. If you were running just a little bit late and missed that, you're going to get to hear Psalm 23 throughout the morning, uh, but it's going to be in chunks. We want to begin with verse 4. Right in the heart of this famous psalm, David writes this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have you ever walked through an emotional valley? I think to be human means to know this valley. Like even the most optimistic of us, who, who have the most emotional sunny days, still know what the valley looks like, at least for a few hours, but most likely even for a few days. Sometimes you find yourself in this valley in an instant. You don't know how you got there, but you're plunged in. It's because a loved one has just died like Aslan just experienced. Or it's because this dream that you've had for a certain job or getting into a certain college or, or dating that certain someone and the dream has died. Or it's when that loved one rejects you, breaks up with you, doesn't want to talk to you. And next thing you know, you're plunged into this valley where it's dark and it's lonely, God feels distant, and you feel like you're in the shadow of death. Sometimes, though, you end up in this valley, and you have no idea how you got here. You weren't plunged in. It just sort of crept in. Next thing you know, it just doesn't seem like the sun is shining in your heart. Everything just seems really, really cloudy. But did you hear what David said? He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. In other words, he is in this dark time, and yet he has peace. He's fine. How? How in the world does David have this peace when he's in this dark valley? He says, for you are with me. The fact that his God is with him, even in his darkest moments, is enough to give him peace. Right now, Aslan is walking through a dark valley. She, I texted her yesterday just to let her know we were going to be praying for her today. And here's what she texted back. She said, thanks for your prayers. I'd appreciate prayers for my family members who don't know Christ the gospel was clearly preached at my dad's funeral, and I'm praying that it would spark some good conversation. I hear this. For me personally, I'm having a hard time processing the reality of what happened. Please pray that God would help me to turn to him and that he'd be glorified in this difficult time. She's in a dark 
valley. She doesn't know why God let her father unexpectedly pass away. She's struggling. And we need to just pray that she would be reminded that God is with her. And yet the whole purpose of us choosing to pivot today to doing a restoration service is because she's probably not the only one. There's probably many of you who need that reminder. God is with you. You may have had a dream die. You may be struggling relationally. You may be wondering why God hasn't moved these things forward. You may wonder why the health is the way it is. You find yourself in a dark valley. And today you need the reminder that God is with you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, God is described as a God of all comfort. I think sometimes we see God not as a God of comfort, but a God of anger. Some of us, we see him as a demanding God. Some of us, we see God as being distant. When we're in that valley, it doesn't sound like our prayers are going to come out of this thing. He is so far away. And yet, any anger God has isn't necessarily at you. It's at the sin that has besieged you and sometimes the sin that you seem to revel in. He wants to bring you out of that sin so that you can come into his presence where he can comfort you. He's not this demanding religious God, like some sort of spiritual taskmaster where you've got to get everything in line. No, the demands that he has for you are to free you so you can come into his presence where he can comfort you. And he's not a distant God. He's an omnipresent God. A God that David says is is with me. That's what we need today. The reminder that God is with us today and every day. And that means his presence with us can comfort us and restore us. So let's take some time to pray for Aslan, but to also pray for our morning and ourselves. Well, Heavenly Father, we just bow down before you right now, asking for you to use this morning for your glory. Lord, our hearts are grieved. Our friend, our sister in Christ, Aslan McCarthy, came home from Togo for a four-month trip to the States to connect with with, uh, financial supporters, to connect with friends, to just capture a breath, to get some rest. And instead, she finds the sad tragedy awaiting her. And so, Lord, we pray that you would comfort her. Help her to grieve, Father. I know so much what would bring her joy is to know that some of her family puts their faith in you, that in this moment of remembering death, someone would find life. Lord, would you make that happen, that you would spark those conversations she longs for, that she would have the joy of not only getting to share the gospel, to share about the faith that has become so important to her that it sent her around the world, but that she would see them put their faith in you and that you begin the same work in them that you began in her. But God also, as she wrestles and struggles with the reality that her father is no longer on this earth, would you help her to turn to you, that you would be that God of all comfort, that she would sense you through the scriptures, she would hear your voice in the songs, that she would uh, know that you are with her and for her and that in the midst of this tragedy, you are sitting with her, you grieve with her, and yet you can bring her out of this valley. Lord, for anyone here today 
that finds themselves in a valley because they were longing to get into that school. They've been looking for that job. They've been hoping for that relationship. They've been praying so long for this particular thing, for that healing, and yet it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And it feels dark, and they don't know where you are or what you're doing. Lord, would you comfort them today? Would you remind them that you are with them? And may you use Psalm 23, may you use this morning, may you use your spirit to do this deep, deep, great work in them, to comfort them and restore them. So Father, we give this morning to you. Open our hearts and our minds. We are in different places emotionally, spiritually, and yet you as the God of all things can speak to each heart that is here and do exactly what you need to do for your glory as well as for our comfort and joy. So Lord, use this time to heal us, to restore us, to, to, to remind us of our union that is found in Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand and sing with us? is calling Have you come to the end of yourself Do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. 
forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing is risen. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. We bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus As you wait for the crown, tell the world of the treasure you found. In the valley 
Oh God, you're near in the quiet. Oh God, you're near in the shadow. Oh God, you're near at my breaking. Oh God, you're near. Oh God, you never leave my side. Your love stands firm through all my life. searching oh God you're near in my wandering oh God you're near when I feel alone oh God you're near at my lowest oh God you're near Oh, God, you never leave my side. Your love stands firm through all my life. depth nor anything else could pull us apart we are joined as one by your blood hope will rise as we become more than conquerors through the one who loved the world nor depth nor anything else could pull us apart we are joined as one by your blood hope will rise as we become more the conquerors through the one who loved the world oh Never leave my 
inside your love stands firm through all my life oh God you never leave my side your love stands firm through all my life Lord as we walk through Psalm 23 uh, would you help us to walk through it with you? Would we not uh, come in here with a false sense of uh, security or a, or a pride that um, that we don't even hold? It's not even true. Lord, would you help us open ourselves up to you? Would you soften our hearts um, as we go through this psalm together? as we take communion together, as we worship and find rest in you. We pray in God's name. Together we say, amen. All right, Kids Creek, you are dismissed to go to your classroom. Most times when you go to a wedding, you're not surprised when you hear 1 Corinthians 13 uh, read. It's the famous love passage, how love is patient, love is kind. Likewise, when you go to a funeral, you're not surprised to hear Psalm 23. This seems to be the go-to passage because of just how incredibly comforting the words are. As we just heard from verse 4, that even in our darkest moments, even as we mourn the loss of a loved one or a friend, God is with us. But did you hear what it was that brought comfort? David said it's your rod and your staff. Now, out of context, that's a little odd. That's a little weird. But when you put verse 4 back into the entirety, it begins to make sense. The context is established right there in verse 1, the very first phrase. The Lord is my shepherd. David gives us this imagery of God as a shepherd and we as his spiritual sheep. This shepherd is good. This shepherd takes care of us. A good shepherd is not only with his sheep, he's watching over them to protect them. That rod and that staff are there to help. The rod is to beat back any of the wolves that might try to come to get the sheep. The staff has the hook on the end to pull the sheep back to keep them from danger. He's leading them to where there's food, where there's water, where there's rest. The Lord is my shepherd. No wonder people have found such comfort in those words. But I don't find the next phrase comforting. In fact, I find it a little troubling and even convicting. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But you're thinking, well, Aaron, why is that troubling? Because I want. 
that David is trying to communicate that because God is the shepherd, the, the, the shepherd will always provide. And so therefore, he doesn't have to worry. He doesn't have to want. Now, I, I know this theologically. I know it cognitively. And I even have seasons where I feel it emotionally. But I have days where I don't live this out. I don't believe it. I want. We all want. We want ease. We want comfort. We want pleasure. We want entertained. We want prestige. We want power. We want recognition. We want whatever. We want and we want and we want. Now, oftentimes our wants can be good. Like, I think it's a good thing that I want to date my wife. I, I think it's great that when you want to be generous. I, I think God is, is glorified when you want to worship him. So many of your wants can be and are good. But what so often happens is that our wants begin to trump what God wants. And instead of wanting God himself, we only either want the benefits from him or we even shove those aside saying, well, that's not enough. I want this more. And when I want that more than God himself, now I'm a sheep that's starting to go off astray and I'm in trouble. So as we ponder verse one here, it seems that it's only appropriate for us to just take a moment and confess our wants, to confess the times and ways that we want certain things, certain, certain you know, attributes, certain whatever, more than we want God himself. So let's just take like 30, 60 seconds of silent prayer and let's just confess these things to him. So let's pray. Jesus, you are such a good shepherd. Forgive us for the times that we want these other things more than you, or we only want the benefits of following you rather than you, the generous one. Continue to purify these wants and desires in us so that they are more in line with you, that by delighting in you, you give us the desires of our heart because you are what we want above all other things. So God, thanks for hearing our confession, for hearing our prayer, and thank you for forgiving us of these things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Because the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want, David then writes this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. What is it that a sheep needs? Well, Needs some food. So what's the good shepherd do? Leads it to these pastures where there's plenty of grass. Sheep needs to drink. So a good shepherd will take it to these still waters where it can receive this drink. And, and when the sheep has the water and the food, has everything it needs, it can rest. It can lie down. It doesn't have to panic and eat as much of the grass as it needs to because it has everything it needs. It can rest. 
And, and that's actually very, very remarkable. It's often noted that sheep have no defense mechanism. None. They have no fangs, no claws, no horns. They can't shoot lasers out of their eyes. These things are helpless. They're just merely the popcorn for wolves. And yet this shepherd is there to protect. He's got his rod and his staff. He's provided them with lush pastures, still waters. This lamb has everything it needs, and so it can rest. And so it only seems appropriate for us to turn to God and just say, God, help us to trust that you will provide everything we need. Because when we realize he is providing, we can rest. So just as we have silently prayed individually, let's corporately pray together a prayer of saying, God, help us to trust you. And I can't think of a better prayer to do that than the Lord's Prayer. So if you do not know the Lord's Prayer, turn your, your eyes to the screen and let's pray this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But David doesn't just stop there. He shows us the purpose behind the shepherd taking us the sheep to the still waters and to the lush green pastures. Verse three, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What, why did God take David the lamb to these pastures and to these waters? To restore his soul. God wants to restore you. The story of the Bible is that God created humanity in his image. But sin came crashing down when Adam and Eve ate of that forbidden fruit. The image of God was broken within them. And yet God, out of his passion, doesn't want us to remain broken. He wants to restore us. And so Jesus came down to this earth, took on human flesh, lived the only sinless life that's ever been lived, but yet went to the cross to pay the penalty that we should have paid for our sin. And by doing so, he gives us life. He can restore us. God wants to restore you. He doesn't want you remaining broken. He wants to draw you in and restore that image of Christ within you. It's called sanctification. This process of God making you look more and more like Jesus. The, the way David puts it is that it's these paths of righteousness. But, but did you notice why God does this? It isn't just for us to make us look great. It says it's for his name's sake. Wait, does, does this mean like God's some egotistical maniac? Or, or maybe he's got low self-esteem and needs a boost? <laughs> no. You see, God put his image in you. That image was broken through sin. And so God knows the only way you will ever find wholeness, joy, comfort is in him. 
the more you are in him, the more glorified he is and the more whole you are. So yeah, it's for his name's sake, but it's for your good. So that is why today, as we just come to the Father, continuing in prayer, continuing in song, coming to these communion elements in a while, we want God to restore us, to comfort us, because we know that by finding that in him, he is glorified. He has so much joy in you coming to him. So Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to continue to come before you. We have confessed our sin, the things that we want more than you. We are saying we trust you to provide even our daily bread to provide us with all things. But God, what we want is you most of all. We need you more than bread. We need you more than comfort. We need you more than even air itself. So Father, draw us today. Heal us. Restore us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we declare how great God is?